Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. Today we are privileged to have a guest speaker. May God bless you as you enjoy this week's message. Good morning. Welcome to the church. Welcome to New Hope. Welcome to our different uh, campuses. I want to give a warm shout out to the Garner campus. Would you just let them know how much we love them over there? And, and how much we're expecting every single one of you to get in your car and come over here today at 4 o'clock so I can hug your neck too because I can't hug your neck from here. You got to come on over here. We're going to have a baptism at 4 p.m. It's going to be an incredible celebration. And uh, some of you have been asking me, hey, can I get my hug now? Because if you haven't been here in a while, like I've been telling everybody, I, I want to hug everybody today. Like really, everybody. And so yes, yes, for those of you here this morning, Let's hug. Let's hug this morning. Come on out this afternoon, but, but it, you know, I got a lot of hugging to do today. Uh, welcome to the NCCIW Daughters of the King over in Raleigh. We wish, we wish, we wish you could come and be with us um, in person this afternoon, um, but we know you can't, but you're in our hearts, and we love you, I love you, and I can't wait to reconnect with you in August. Welcome to the uh, television ministry and the iCampus and all that every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Welcome one, welcome all. It's going to be a great day. And I've had, I've had lots of people uh, say to me already today, you know, we bet, we bet you're just, just so fired up, just so amped up. Just, just, and, and, and I am, but I'm also feeling a lot of other stuff. Um, you know, I tell you all the time, one of my goals is to preach here for my life. And preach my last sermon right here, maybe not on this stage, but some stage on these 36 acres of land, and, and kick open the casket and, and, and go on to be with the Lord, you know? And so I, I plan on being here for the long haul, but um, I'm feeling a lot of emotions, I think, commensurate with if I were really leaving. I'm, I'm th- about a month ago, I was telling everybody, the pastors and stuff, that that, uh, man, I'm, I'm great, I'm fired up, I'm ready, this is going to be awesome, I'm feeling good, it's going to be great, it's going to be easy, I can't believe how easy it is, I was, I mean, I was doing all that, <laughs> and then something happened like this week, and, uh, and I, I started going into this kind of emotional roller coaster, um, at the thought of, of leaving a place that I love so much, even if it's just for three months, um, Leaving a people that I love so much. I mean, to not see you weekly. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed man to be able to, to live in a place that I love. To serve a community of faith that I love more than words can even articulate. And to, to, to lead around a team of pastors and staff, which I think is the best pastoral staff team on the planet and and to be able yeah and to and to to step away from that for three months as awesome as it's going to be is like ripping my heart out and i'm trying to work through that uh for those of you who don't know if you're new here i'm i'm leaving i'm riding out with the sunset today after i hug a bunch of people and dunk a bunch by the way if you if you're even thinking about baptism today is your day 
4 p.m. party on the patio. We'll be talking more about that later, but we need to dunk you in the name of Jesus. And since it's my last day for three months, I'm probably going to hold all of you under a little bit longer than I normally do. <laughs> just, to, just, to, just to elongate the experience. I mean, you're, you're going down to the bottom of the pool, and I'm going I'm to be down there with you for a moment. Then we'll come up. Don't worry. We'll come up. We'll come up. Uh, just kidding. I won't do that. Probably won't do that. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm heading out on a three-month sabbatical. Um, and I guess I should for the uh, purposes of one final overview, because some of you haven't heard this, and a lot of you are asking, like, what are you going to do for three months? Um, let me just kind of give you a skinny, skinny version. Um, today, when I ride out, at the end of the day, at the end of a very long day, I will meet up with three of my accountability buddies from around the country. Uh, they've all been here. You know them. Craig Dunn, CEO of Westing Investment Foundation. Keith Loy, senior pastor of Celebrate Church in South Dakota. And Kevin Myers, pastor of 12 Stone. We get together once a week and we ride bikes for a week and just kind of hold each other accountable. That's Harleys, not bicycles. <laughs> for the record. Um, and this year we're going to the mountains of North Carolina. We're going to be riding... Dragon Tail and the Blue Ridge Partway south and north and just we ride for an hour, stop for an hour and, and do life together. Ride for a couple hours, stop for an hour, hold each other accountable. They're all on my external board of advisors so they care very deeply about this church and about me. That'll be the first week. So really the first week is kind of, it's kind of ministry. It's, it's not really fully sabbatical yet. Um, then I come back from that and uh, then I fly to Kentucky where there's this big... Uh, big international conference that we're going to be at. Hey, Pastor Ernest and Susan. Uh, we'll be at, there, at that together, and they're um, releasing my book at that conference, so I'm very excited about that. Um, and uh, then I come back from that, and um, then, I, <laughs> then, then I go to Denver, where I'm in therapy for a week. And I don't know whether you should pray for me or the counselor. How many of you would say the counselor? Yeah, 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 no doubt. Um, no, it's really good. Like I, 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 I asked, I sent word. I said, like, what, what are we going to talk about? And um, he sent word back, whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm going to be just processing on what 10 years of ministry has been like. Probably do some continued reflection on um, the father's wound that I have in my life that many of you have heard me talk about so painfully before. And um, my life and my ministry and... So we'll be doing that for a week, just me and, and him. He's like the best in the country at, at a place called Blessings Ranch. When that's over, my whole family jumps in a plane and they fly to Denver to meet me. And um, I will, on the day that they're coming, I will leave the therapist. And um, thanks be to God. Um, no, I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, I will leave them. I'll go get an RV. And the seven of us are traveling across the country in an RV. Glory, hallelujah. I don't know whether that's clap worthy or not. I don't know. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Um, and then uh, we, we ride across Utah and Nevada, stopping at all these places. We, we whitewater raft the Colorado River, which is going to be cool. Um, I'm leaving out a lot, but I'm just broad stroking it for you. Then we eventually end up at San Francisco, where we'll do a, a few days there, see the redwoods, do some bicycle rides, go to Alcatraz. Uh, that's going to be cool. I thought about swimming it, but I knew I would, wouldn't make it. Um, 
I would not be coming back in August if I did that. Um, <laughs> uh, do Alcatraz. Then, then after that, we jump on a plane. Again, glory, hallelujah. Seven of us in a plane for a long flight. We're flying to Australia where we will do the, uh, a week-long Hillsong conference. One of my dreams has been to go to Hillsong Church and, and do their conference. They even got uh, seminars and breakouts and conferences for my kids. So they're, we're all in it together for a week. Um, then we, we, fly, uh, we, we travel up the east coast of Australia, um, stopping at a place for a week called Mayala Farm. Uh, we're with these farm folks, and they've got horses and motorcycles and, and projects if we want to do projects together. And so we're just there, and they host us. It's really cool. Um, I don't know who they are. God bless them, too. Um, if you're watching this um, on TV, welcome, and, and we can't wait to see you. And we'll pray for you deeply when five Kelly kids descend upon your farm. Um, <laughs> um, then, uh, then we go from the Mayella farm up to the Great Barrier Reef where this old boy is going to be diving with sharks. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to do that too. Um, but don't worry. I'm going to be in a cage, I think. Um, and one of my kids is, is doing it with me, Wesley. God bless wild Wesley. Uh, so we're going in there, we're diving with sharks, man. We're there for a week at the Great Barrier Reef. Then we travel back down, do a bunch of other stuff. Um, and then we fly to Hawaii for a week where I get to visit with my friend, Pastor Wayne Cordero, and the New Hope Church there. Um, then from there, we fly back to Los Angeles where we wanted our kids to experience some amazing poverty. And so we're going to be serving on Skid Row for two days, uh, serving the poorest of the poor in our country. Then we... Um, we, we, we were going to do an RV again, but the Spirit of the Lord led us, and it's ex-nay on the RV. Um, from that point in time, it's just suburban, baby, and hotels. Um, from there, we travel to Las Vegas. I've never done Las Vegas, so we're going to go visit um, uh, Christian Church in Las Vegas with Judd Wilhite, great pastor leader. We'll be with him. And then from there, we do the Grand Canyon. And then from there, we're back, and it's the end of August. Um, and he, here's what's a trip, like for those of you who don't know, like that's all a gift <laughs> from the Lilly Endowment in Indianapolis that my wife applied for in this clergy renewal sabbatical. You're talking about favor. That's like all paid in full. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then we're back and, uh, you know, I'm... I'm stoked, but I'm also going to miss you all so very much. And, and thank you. And, and you're going to be able to follow along if you desire. Uh, we're going to be, um, once a week, we'll try to blog at my blog, BenjiKelly.com, so you can go and just kind of follow us there. It won't be a lot of blogging. We'll just kind of give you a once-a-week rundown of what's happening in the Kelly family. And um, so I'm, I'm an emotional wreck today. I'm... I'm I'm thrilled. I, I kind of can't wait to ride out this afternoon. Um, but I got a feeling I'm going to be shedding some tears on the way to the mountains of North Carolina. Um, I love you guys, and I'm going to miss you so very much. And I speak that to all of the campuses. And it's one of the reasons why I'm so, so grateful that, um, and only God could orchestrate this, that we're in Ephesians 3 today. In Ephesians 3, as I sat down to prepare the message for today, the message was already prepared in Ephesians 3. And the heart of Pastor Paul for his church at Ephesus so mirrored 
my heart for you and what I need and want to say to you today that it, it, it took my breath away a few times. It was like, thank you, Lord. Only you, back months ago when we scheduled out our series, only you knew that on my last day I would be at Ephesians 3. So if you came to hear the word of the Lord today, let me hear an amen. amen. So, yeah, that's what I love about you. It's all about him and his word. Amen. I want to invite you to, to stand. We're going to read a big chunk of scripture. Ephesians 3, 7 through 21. Here's what the Bible says. Ephesians 3, if you've got your Bibles, 7 through 21, and it'll be on the screens for us. Ephesians 3, 7 through 21. I have become, or I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. I was wondering why earlier I could not find where we were. It's because I'm in Philippians. And because my Bible pages are stuck together. Look at this. Bear with me. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if it's wax or what. Here we go. Okay. Where was I? His intent. Thank you. Thank you. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. And then he says this, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derive its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And everybody together, you all just jumped on in there and started reading scripture with me, which was powerful. But now everybody together, really strong. These final two verses, it's a doxology. Here we go, ready? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. Pray with me. Father, I kneel before your people and before you. Just as the Apostle Paul did, God, and I pray that the manifold wisdom of the gospel 
would sink deep, deep, deep into the heart of this church. Father, I pray that you would unleash great power, that you would unleash great anointing, that you would unleash great favor upon this church, God, today and this summer as you have now for 10 years. Father, would you blow our minds with what you are about to do. May every single person here within the sound of my voice experience maybe more deeply, Father, than they ever have before. How deep and wide and long and high is the love of Christ that passes all understanding. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. You can be seated. I'm telling you guys, this chapter contains such truth and embodies my heart and my desire for you and my family during this season. Did you get verse 7? Look at what it says in verse 7 through 9. He says this, I became a what? I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power. Although I am, now I want you to catch this next phrase, although I am less than the least get you some of that Paul it wasn't enough for Paul to say I'm the least it wasn't enough for, for Paul to say as he does in other places I'm I'm chief of sinners first Timothy it wasn't it wasn't enough for for Paul to talk about how you know he was the worst sinners of all like he does in first Corinthians 15 he what he does here is he does this incredible thing with the Greek language he actually creates this comparative superlative, which is weird in the Greek language, for Paul to be able to say, I'm leaster. <laughs> I'm leaster than the least. I'm less than the least, which is, which is why the English translators did a phenomenal job with this text when they say that, that Paul was actually saying, hey, I'm less than the least. I, and, and Paul is just going into this. Look at what he says. All God's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ to which I read and say yep Paul me too I'm leaster <laughs> less than the least and that you God by your grace would call me and enable me the least of the least to serve a church such as New Hope as beautiful as you are, which is, which is really a magnificent equation when you think about it. Paul doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't just marinate in self-deprecation, nor does he go in the hypocrisy route. He just says, hey, I want you to know, which is what I want you to know, is that I am fully aware that, guys, I am the least of the least. I am the leaster of any of us. How in the world did God see fit for me to lead such a beautiful church? I shall never know. But it is when you realize, by the way, how unworthy you are and how awesome God is, that is the magical equation for God to strut his stuff, which is what we've been experiencing for 10 years. Amen? When you, when you actually live with an awareness that you are so unworthy of the blessings that come your way, and then you couple that with an unbelievable awareness of how awesome God is. That's when God shows up and struts his stuff to which we've had front row seats now for 10 years to enjoy and experience. 
It's unbelievable. And I hope, I hope that when you look at the life of the Kelly family, I hope that what most comes to mind to you are servants of the gospel. Paul says, I've become a servant of the gospel. Notice Paul didn't say, I've become a servant of you. He didn't say that to the church at Ephesus. He was a servant of what? The gospel. Because when you become a servant of a person, guess what? You live out your life and your ministry with a fear of man as opposed to a fear of God. And I hope that when you look at our lives, I hope, I hope and pray you sense that we've been a servant not to men or women, but a servant to the gospel. We were in the Holy Land this week, and um, I, I, by the way, I bought this incredible nativity set for the church. Um, you'll see it at Christmas time from here on out. It'll be out there on the island, and uh, it, it, it's, it's no joke. It's the best uh, olive wood crafter in Jerusalem, and um, it's very, very valuable. And we will stone anybody who goes up and tries to break <laughs> any of it. We will take you out back. We'll go Old Testament on you. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, just kidding. Um, but because I, 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 after I bargained with this guy for like an hour and talked him down to a price that I thought was fair for the church, he goes, now you pick anything else you want in the store on, on this side, on this wall. And so the thing I picked, because I just, I, this is my heart's desire, is I picked this piece right here. And it's, it's Jesus. Can y'all get a shot of that? It's Jesus washing feet. And it's the detail on this thing. I'm, I think they got a great shot. Good work, camera guys. It's Jesus washing. And on the front here, it says, the master becomes a servant. The master becomes a servant. That is, that is what I hope and pray we've done for 10 years. And that is what God has been doing in the life of this church as he's been raising up this army of servants who understand that, listen, it's not about any one person. It is about Jesus Christ and him being the Lord of this church. And Paul's unique role at the church in Ephesus and all the churches was that he, though he was the leaster one, the least of the least, God had anointed him to be a servant to the Gentiles outside the walls of Israel, to be a Gentile, to break down all barriers and all walls between races and genders and everything else. God was using Paul to bring Gentile and Jew alike together. And I would add in our context, black and white. Asian and Latino. That God was... God has called me to be a servant, to bring forth a church. Listen, that when we stand before God one day, we fully represent God's created order. Heard a story about two guys, um, Jack and Bud. Bud, what a name. Jack and Bud had argued their entire life. They were best friends, best friends. But they argued their entire life about whether Jesus was black or white. Always arguing about, is Jesus black or white? As fate would have it, they died on the same day. And they rushed to the pearly gates to ask Peter, Peter, is Jesus black or white? And right when they started asking Peter, Jesus comes up and says, Buenos dias. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. Paul, <laughs> we know that he's not black, white, Latino, Asian. Jesus was a Jew, right? We just came from the Holy Land. 
But in Jesus, God had anointed Paul to be a servant. God has anointed me to be a servant to proclaim the gospel whereby all of those walls, all of those prejudices are broken down and now look before us. Look at the beautiful diversity of this church family. Yeah, you can give God a hand for that right there. When I was in Jerusalem this week, I was struck by how many walls there were. Walls to the old city. Walls to the new city. Walls to the newer, newer city. Walls, walls, walls. Everywhere you look, walls. And some of you might have seen this tweet that I, that I tweeted from over there. I'm struck by how many walls are in Jerusalem. Old walls, new walls, everywhere walls. It's time the people of God build bridges instead of walls. And that's what we're doing. If you're going to clap, don't give me that tennis clap. You're going to clap. You clap. This is why Paul left the city of Jerusalem, started this church. This is why I left my hometown and started this church, so that we could actually, by the grace of God, grow something that gave praise and glory and honor to God. That was different. And you've become so beautiful in that. He says in verse 10, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. We, we, we need that slide. We got it. According to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in him, through faith, in him, we may approach God with what? With what? Freedom and great freedom. You might recall from week one when I started to unpack the book of Ephesians, I said, listen, the book of Ephesians is like a manual for the church. If you were to ask Paul, hey, of all your writings, what would be the best writing to, to give the church direction? It's slapped down in front of us, the book of Ephesians. Paul is just laying out for us how we are to live out our faith. Paul prays that the Ephesians would epitomize a missional family. And that, that's my heart for you as I step out of here for a little short season. Is that we as a church family, Missio Dei, would be a missional family. On point, on point, on mission, on vision for God without their pastor. Because the vision is so much bigger than one person. Can I get an amen on that? It'll make me feel better. It'll help me leave better. Our exalted vision, listen guys, our exalted vision has nothing to do with me. Have you ever noticed it doesn't say reach, reach more Benjis. Have you ever noticed it doesn't say teach people to be like Benji. It doesn't say release more Benjis to go reach more Benjis. Good Lord, this place can only take one of me. Right? Right? This exalted vision, what Paul is saying to the church at Ephesus, and what I'm saying to you today is this exalted vision that we have for this church is so much bigger than one person. It's so much bigger. I'm telling you, only God could arrange for this text to be in front of us today. Verse 14, look at what he says here, and then I'm just going to share my heart with you today. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may what? He may strengthen you with what? 
through his spirit in your inner being. Let's continue. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And as I read that this week, this is really not a sermon today. It's really me just wanting to share my heart with you as I end. As I read that, I fell on my knees. And I knelt before God and I just started praying for you. And praying for me. And when I got finished, it was if the word of the Lord said, why don't you just share that? Why don't you just take them into the quiet place of your heart. Take them into the prayers that you were just praying for them. And let them know what your deepest desire is for them. So with your permission, I just want to share that. Is that cool? I just want to share that with you today. I kneel before the Father and ask that you stay connected to Christ through the ministries of this church. That's what I found myself praying. I found myself praying that, that this could be a summer like no other. For you. I found myself praying that, that maybe this summer could be the summer that, that you pray like you've never prayed before. That in fact, as a part of God taking me out of the equation. I mean, let's just, let's just be honest here, guys. Sometimes, and we do everything we can to resist this, and we're, I'm constantly teaching against this kind of stuff, but we are a personality-driven culture. We love, to, we love to kind of put people up on a pedestal, right? Right? So I've been praying that God, okay, maybe one of the reasons God gave us this great sabbatical as a gift was so that he could get Benji out of the way and you can mature and grow like you've never grown before. Just a thought. That you would pray like you've never, that you would get in God's word. That you would, you would come to church every single Sunday with the Bible in hand, ready to hear God use somebody else to teach you and edify this body of Christ. Right? right. I heard a stat the other day, guys. Some, in most churches today, people only go to church like once every six weeks. What is that all about? Like, what is that all about if that's you? Oh, my Lord. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? God has blessed you with, if I might say so myself, one of the most amazing churches on the planet. And I don't say that because of me. I say that because of what God's doing here. One of the most amazing churches on the planet, and you're going to bounce up here once every four to six weeks? Really? Really? And then wonder why it's not working for you? Listen, beloved, you got to work it for it to work. You got to work it for it to work. That you would, you would be dialed in through, through reading and prayer and fasting and devotional. By the way, reading and prayer. Oh, my Lanta, have you seen the resource center on your way in today? Brand new. All kind of cool shirts. All kind of brand new books. I even got one by this author dude I heard that just, he's going to be, be here later today. Huh? Huh? I don't know that guy, but it's out there. I can't believe, I never thought he'd do it. I can't believe he would write a book. How could he write a book? The resource center is incredible. 
life groups. We're about to start a new summer semester of doing life together. Listen, the only way you're going to grow in your faith is if you start to do life with other people. Is that you actually start to love people. Christianity is not meant to be done in isolation. So I just challenge you. We're about to start a brand new semester. And, and they've gone to this sermon semester-based life group. And so all these teachers, great teachers that they're going to be teaching this weekend, you get in a life group where that life group will talk about the message and unpack it. And, or there's other life groups that are affinity-based. Lean in this summer. My point is don't lean out, but lean in. Lean in more. If anything, I'm kneeling before the Father and asking you to be more dialed in and engaged to Christ because I'm not in the picture. I truly believe this can be a great season for you. Here's my second thing. And I only got three, I think. I kneel before the Father and ask that you develop greater levels of generosity for the vision to reach, teach, and release. Yeah, I'm bringing up money on my last Sunday. <laughs> Daggum right I am. You're not going to believe this. I, I, I called some of our, um, some of our companies, some of our bills, you know. I called some of them, and I explained to them that I was going out of town, and I just was hoping they would just kind of stop the bills for a summer. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. They, they didn't think that was a good idea. It's not in the real world, right, right, right? I want to encourage you to, to, to develop greater levels of generosity in this church for the vision to reach, teach, and release because you give your tithes and offerings not because of Benji, I hope, but because God in Christ died on a cross for you, paid your sin debt, and we hold the greatest message the world has ever known, and we're on point to share that message, to see lives changed, to see people baptized. Don't, don't throw it in the neutral. Okay? This is, this, is, this is so important. The bills are, are coming, and, and you know this. Maybe you know this. Maybe you don't. I, you know, you, you don't study churches, and you shouldn't. But listen, churches, summer can be brutal for churches on giving. Summer can be brutal, okay? And, and, and you throw on top of that, the pastor, the founding pastor, leaving for a summer, I, I, will, I would be lying to you if I didn't say I found myself on my knees praying, God, please keep the generosity going. Please keep them faithful in their giving. Even found myself just yesterday going online to the, to the online giving, the e-giving thing that we have as a church, just making sure that we were set up for the summer. Even though we're gone, listen, our tithes are going to keep coming to this church because we believe in this place. We believe in what God is doing in this place. And, 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 and by the way, I've, we've started saying this a lot around here lately, the online giving, it is the most reliable, most convenient, and most dependable way to give. You know why? You know why? Here, here's why. When you go to the beach this summer, your tithes don't go with you. When you go on vacation this summer, your tithes don't go with you. We are, we are becoming a culture. Nobody carries money anymore. Have you noticed this? Like, no, so some of you, when the offering time comes, you're like the dude at the restaurant who goes, oh, I forgot my wallet in the car. 
You're like, God, oh, I forgot my online giving. Just let me just encourage you, if you're not doing that, to really, really think. But you can give any way you want, but, but I've just been found myself just kneeling before the Father saying, God, would you please, please, please. Because the last thing I want, hey, I, I don't want to come back in, in August and my CFO, or, or worse, my CFO calls me in the middle of the summer going, uh-oh, can't pay the bills. So I'm praying that. I'm praying that. I'm praying one more thing. I kneel before the Father and I ask that you pray the very same things for my family and me. That I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you would, that you would ask God on a regular basis to, to bless my family. That you would ask God to enable us to connect on levels of intimacy that we've maybe never done before. That we would truly connect with one another. That we would live and laugh and love. Guys, I, I hope you know this ministry can be hard. So pray for all your pastors and staff. And it can be hard on children. It can be hard on family. Man, I'm, I'm really praying this summer is life-changing for our family. The staff gathered around me on Friday and they laid their hands on me and, and prayed over me and they were praying things that so moved me. Some of them prayed, God, I pray that they laugh harder than they've ever laughed. I pray that they love more deeply than, than they've ever loved one another. So the same things I'm asking God to do in your life, that you would grow to Christ, that you would, you would deepen your relationship with Christ, that you would grow in prayer and in the word and, and in love with one another, I'm asking you to pray for me this summer. I was um, a separate prayer time that I've been talking to you about, but I was, I was praying. I've been doing a lot of praying lately because this is kind of hard. I was praying the other day, um, just sharing with God how difficult some of this is for me. And um, I heard God. God spoke to my heart like as clear as I've ever heard him speak. And, and that still small voice said this, Benji, what I want to show you this summer is what it means to rediscover and remember who you are as a child of God outside of your responsibilities and roles at the church. Because most of us, men particularly, but women too, most of us, we're defined by what we do. We're defined by our roles, by our responsibilities. And God said, you know what? One of the reasons I've given you this sabbatical is because for three months you're not going to have any roles. And you're not going to have any responsibilities at the church. And I want you to just be my adopted child. And I want you to just grow in that identity and as a husband and a dad. And it was so thrilling to already start to sense that's what God is going to do this summer. Abraham Lincoln, on November 11, 1860, was elected president of a deeply divided nation. As you know, America was headed toward the Civil War, and the distance between the states was apparent, even to Lincoln. And he was elected despite 
not even being on the ballot in 10 southern states. But he was a gifted communicator. And he very quickly started to pick up on something. And you, you might not be aware of this, but up until Lincoln, the United States of America was always referred to in the plural sense. The plural sense. And the game changer that came for our country was when Abraham Lincoln started referring to the United States of America in the singular sense. Up until then, people would say, the United States are a great place to live. The United States are this and are that, and then we don't even know, but we use the language of the singular. The United States is a great place to live. The United States is a great country. The United States is a country that embraces freedom and religious freedom and all of that. But Lincoln saw the grouping of the states as a collective whole and that our destiny was tied together. That we as a country, we were one. <laughs> Hard to believe in a political season, but you know what I'm saying. Right? Right? Now take that away from the United States of America and think about it in the church. We're a family. Though we're made up of thousands and thousands and thousands of people now, we are one. And the same way that a family rallies around one another when a person goes off to college or a loved one passes from this world into the next or a pastor takes a sabbatical. We rally around for the cause of the family and continue for the purposes for which God has called us. Can I get an amen? amen. And now to him who is able, Paul would say, he wraps up this passage, to him who is able to do immeasurably more then all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be what? To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever can the church say amen. amen. Listen, you hope, Paul is trying to get the church to understand and to know that the God of the Bible, the God that we serve, the God that we love here at New Hope is a missionary God. And he's far bigger than any one person. This church, if you're new here, you need to know this. This church is about Jesus Christ and his glory alone. And so there is no reason that we should be entangled with the kind of psychological captivity that unfortunately and historically sometimes grips a church when the pastor leaves. I think we're better than that. I think we're stronger than that. I mentioned my book earlier. First one. I'm pretty excited. I can't believe it. I want to read something for you. No, no, no. That's not why I'm doing this. Thank you, though. Thank you. I want to read something for you. First of all, I just said at the beginning, to my beloved wife, Amy Lynn, and our five children, Anna Grace, Benjamin Cole, Wesley Jacob, Caleb Timothy, and Joshua Hunter, all of you inspire me with the sermons you live. I love you. And then, in the acknowledgments, I want to just read something for you. I've always wondered what I would say in the acknowledgments of my first book. There are so many people who have played a significant role in my life. 
However, for the sake of space, I will broad stroke my comments of appreciation when possible and specifically identify those who have meant so much. I want to thank those people through whom God has so richly blessed my life. Simply put, you know who you are. I hope you know it's a lot of you. Simply put, you know who you are. And without your love, encouragement, and support, any attempt on my part to write a book on a subject of such importance as preaching God's word would indeed be intolerably inadequate and unacceptable to say the least. There are hundreds of you from both Carolinas at various churches. I am thankful to all of you for pouring into me as a young believer, pastor, and preacher of the word. And, and then I say this, and it's, it's about you, church family. It's about you, New Hope. It's about you, New Hope, on the other side of that camera. I say this. A special thanks to the church family of New Hope. You make ministry the thrill of my life. I appreciate your enthusiastic support of this writing endeavor. Listen closely. Please don't miss this. I know I am biased, but you are the most beautiful local church on the face of the planet. You are nothing less than a joy to serve. And you are. And the reason you are is because you get the main thing. You get what this church is all about. It's about the gospel. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church for generations to come. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for this beautiful body of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to serve here, God. Like the Apostle Paul, I'm, I'm in awe of how unworthy I am and what you've done among us. Father, I pray for these beautiful people, these saints of the living God. And I ask, God, that you do what you've done for 10 years now. You, you hold them in the palm of your hand. God, I, I continue to kneel before you, asking that you develop them and grow them and mature them in the ways of Christ. God, I ask that you pour out your spirit of generosity, that it just continues to pervade every area of this church. God, that as we give our resources to you, you would continue to get all the glory and all the honor. Father, I pray for a supernatural anointing, a supernatural power to fall over this church this summer. God, that when, when we come back, we hear of the great things that you have done. That everyone can look around and say, you know what, the truth is, as it has always been, it's all about Jesus. Father, would you... Would you bless your people? God, I pray these same things for my family. We love you. We honor you. We ask that as a result of this season, again, that you would receive all the glory. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you receive it, give God a hand.
Pastor Fuller shot me an email a few weeks ago and said, hey, what's your four favorite songs? Five, I think it was. I only gave them four. If you notice there's a theme about today, it's in the music. It's all about God's love for you and the cross and all of that. And I chose this song because I want you to know more than anything how much He loves you. How much He loves you. And how much He loves this church. And as long as we bask in that love and stay grafted into that love, I say it again, the best is yet to come. Stand to your feet, yeah. Stand to your feet and let's sing about God's love. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the bottom of our homepage. We hope you will join us next week. God bless and thank you for being part of our church family.